Peace of Mind with Ken Pope. As a parent of a child with a disability or special needs, you need to navigate the complex legal issues of providing continued care and quality of life for your child. You need Peace of Mind with Ken Pope. This is Ken Pope, and this is Peace of Mind for families with children with special needs and disabilities. My law practice specializes on a provincial and interprovincial basis on uh, assisting families who have kids with special needs. And, of course, the, the main concern, the first concern that the families all have is uh, what will happen to my child when I'm gone. And we'll touch in a moment on uh, wills and hence and trusts and all of those sorts of arrangements. Uh, the um, families <clears throat> in uh, Ontario, one family in ten is the parent household of a child with special needs, which is a phenomenal number. There are uh, 365,000 people on ODSP receiving provincial benefits, and this doesn't include all the children under 18 and home with their parents, or in fact, people that are 65 and over who were on ODSP, and now they're just senior citizens with special needs. Uh, my office, my staff, my, the, my associate lawyers, my paralegals, my administrators, on a daily basis deal with these families, these special families. And of course, they would never think that they're somehow special, but they are, because I know from experience over, well, since 1980, and specifically in this area since 1996, that... Um, uh, the families with children with special needs um, have the uh, opportunity uh, and, the, and the, op the struggle, but the opportunity uh, to become just a touch more human than uh, the rest of us because their continued daily 24-7 uh, care for their children is amazing and gives them that, that opportunity to become just a touch more human than a lot of other people. Now, of course, they would never think that. And they also don't realize that they're brave, because they would never think that either. But, you know, bravery isn't uh, lack of fear. Bravery is not lack of fear. Bravery is action in the face of fear. And that's what all of my thousands of client families across the province do, is they get up in the morning, and they put one foot in front of the other, and they take whatever steps are necessary to take care of their child, and all of their children, of course. They love all of their children. But often there's one child that uh, will always be their little boy or their little girl. Uh, of course, now he's 54. But uh, that'll never change, of course. So, in my practice, we uh, do basic things. We do about 13 basic things. So it's a one-stop shop. You can come and we'll uh, deal with the will and hence and trusts and we'll deal with ODSP applications or benefit increases. We'll assist with uh, seeing that the disability tax credit is put in place and backfiled and money is recaptured and assistance with uh, registered disability savings plans. And we deal, of course, with uh, legal guardianships and capacity issues. And then, of course, at the end of the day, we deal with uh, probate applications and trust setup and administration and tax filings, the whole spectrum across a lifespan. 
And families come to us at different stages in their lives, and we assist them as their child grows and as time goes by. Um, it wouldn't be uncommon for a client to stay in touch with us for five or ten years before they finally take those steps, which they have known they've always had to take, to do a will and a Henson Trust and all of the other things. But they've been kind of busy, and we understand that. Uh, it's, a, it's a very satisfying practice. Um, we're always happy to help people. The, uh, the policy is to, uh, to do good and do well. And there's no conflict between those two things. And that's what we do our best trying to do. So we provide a lot of free advice, of course. Um, and we then also assist, you know, in substantive ways for families. And typically, um, either at the time they first contact us or as time goes by and circumstances change and children get older, uh, families need us for several things. We, you know, it would be standard to find that um, we open up our uh, client uh, database and we have uh, three or four files with the family doing three or four things. Um, and all of them are things that make the, the family situation just a touch better, just a touch more uh, peace of mind. So, you know, the, it may be a law firm, but, you know, what we, what we provide is peace of mind, not, you know, the, the, the nuts and bolts of it, whether it's a, a will with trusts or tax credit recaptures or legal guardianship applications. Um, those are just the, the tools we use to provide the, the peace of mind as best we can. Um, going forward, of course, I have uh, monthly webcasts and uh, over 10,000 people on our newsletter list. So a person, if they wanted to, could go to the website kpopelaw.ca and sign up. And if you have questions, um, for example, for future uh, radio shows, you could send them to uh, karen at kpopelaw.ca and just make a reference to CHRI and the radio shows. And uh, we'll do our best to answer them you know, in, the, in the following show if we can. And of course, you can always ask questions from the website. We, uh, we get a lot of those. Um, and it's, we, we have about, uh, about 6,000 visitors a month to the website. Um, to give you some perspective, there are 365,000 families with children with special needs in Ontario. Um, about 13%, uh, roughly, uh, 45,000, um, are living at home with parents. They're still young, generally. Uh, of course, some of these, uh, when I say children, are obviously adult children. But um, they may well you know, remain with the family until the parents uh, pass on. And I've seen cir circumstances where the parents and the child have been able to live in the family home longer, much longer, together. Although the you know the original conception is that the child is you know, being cared for by the parents, which is true, of course. But the child may may well be, be the child when the parents are elderly, who carries the groceries and shovels the walk and perhaps drives the car and uh, uh, takes care of their parents, allowing them to stay in the home longer. Now, of course, the, the transition that takes place when the parents die is uh, difficult. Uh, it's often better to have that transition before the parents pass on. 
and that's what uh, approximately 85% of, uh, of all families eventually do. Now, of course, um, some families, um, the child stays at home. Um, in all the others, uh, the child either lives independently or independently with some supports, and often that, that support comes from the parents. Um, or they are perhaps in a, a supported living environment <clears throat> with um, an organization like uh, Community Living or Oasis, or the member groups of those two. But it is, you know, if possible, it's nice to have that transition because that is also a part of the peace of mind. And demographically, of course, what we're seeing is that uh, the parents of the boomers are passing on, and the uh, the, the, parent, the the parents of the boomers had uh, more children in a shorter period of time, and they uh, they might have had often three, four, five, six children, and of course. It wouldn't be unusual for one of those children uh, to have some special needs or disabilities. Um, And often, for example, uh, if you happen to have a child with Down syndrome, uh, a few decades ago, uh, that child might have a much more shortened expected lifespan. Uh, But now the the common issues such as uh, heart defects, for example, um, are being corrected shortly after birth. And, And if a child is born these days, uh, with uh, with deafness, uh, there are things that can be done. You can have cochlear implants. Uh, they may not be perfect, but uh, they may still be an impairment. And what we're finding on the uh, uh, childhood cancer side, uh, the good news is that the uh, survival rate for children treated for cancer with uh, uh, chemotherapy or radiation or surgery, the survival rate is very, very high, which is wonderful. Uh, but what we're also finding is that uh, the chemo at a young age, uh, radiation at a young age, brain surgery at a young age, brain surgery is often uh, the same as a brain injury, uh, results in disabilities later. So the child has survived, which is excellent, uh, but then you know when they uh, finish high school, they uh, may not, uh, for various reasons, be able to function com- in a competitive workplace and may find that uh, they're then starting to receive provincial disability benefits. So it's a, it's a fascinating practice. The, uh, I remember uh, also, I did a, uh, a seminar in, uh, I was invited by uh, Christian Horizons in uh, St. Jacob's at the time to, uh, to do a seminar in, uh, in Kitchener in uh, March of 2001. And uh, I did that at the Benton Street Baptist Church. It's, it's just up the street off King Street, but just up the street from the uh, the Oktoberfest headquarters. And uh, Pastor Reese and his wife and their son were uh, the, the hosts for the uh, the Saturday morning and afternoon sessions. So we went for uh, for lunch, and uh, a lovely sunny day, beautiful day. And uh, Pastor Reese, who is now deceased, June two years two years ago now. Um, a wonderful guy, and uh, his his son had disabilities, and he Pastor Reese's brother had disabilities, and the brother had had passed on, and um, Pastor Reese was one of the uh, founding fathers of uh, Christian Horizons, and uh, so I was asking him at lunch, you know, 
why it was that he had become a pastor for families with special needs. And uh, he uh, said to me, well, <laughs> he believed that uh, people with special needs had souls and God loved them, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. And I've remembered that ever since. So, you know, there is, there is some, uh, some element of perhaps doing good in what we do. Uh, we try to be reasonable as far as fees are concerned. And we are uh, a specialized office. As far as I know, there is uh, no law practice that brings together these particular skills all in one place um, or, that, or that has the, uh, uh, the depth of knowledge that, uh, that we've developed since roughly 1996 in specific. And it's just, it just takes time. You have to have to focus and, uh, you know, keep up with your knitting to, uh, to gradually add information and learn more. It's a constant process. Now, with respect to Henson Trusts, that's the, one of the main motivators for families. Um, doesn't mean that it's the first thing they do. It could often be 10 years before they actually get around to it. I'm going to be doing a webcast. I do monthly webcasts. And I'm going to be doing a webcast in March. It'll be a Wednesday evening. Um, if you'd like to, to be um, notified of it, let me know. It's What it has to do is the, uh, the gap, the intention gap. The gap between intention and action for the, uh, the 50% of the population who don't have a will, period. And uh, for my clientele, the ones that do have wills, that don't have hence and trusts. You know, they, they obviously know they, they need this and they want this, they just don't get around to it. And uh, that's, that's just how life is. And then uh, 10 years later, they contact me and they still have the materials that they picked up at one of my on-site seminars across the province because I've, I've covered the province several number of times, a number of times from here to, from here to Windsor and back up to Capus Casing and over to Renfrew and back down to, uh, you know, Brockville and uh, Cornwall and all those areas. And the, uh, the attraction of the information is such that in um, 2000, spring of 2000, I was contacted by a client in, uh, in Windsor, uh, you know, a fellow I'd never met at the time, but became a client afterwards, of course. And uh, he and his son-in-law were going to drive from Windsor to Cornwall to take part in a seminar in April. That was the strength of the draw at that time, especially. And um, I said, well, you know, I think we can do better than that. So in September that year, I drove to Windsor and uh, did, a, did a, a seminar and it was at a special uh, sports facility that had been built by uh, the Italian Canadian and uh, Handy Capable Association in Windsor. And um, uh, it was very well received in Windsor. So I went back a number of times. I flew after that. I didn't drive anymore. But um, that, that's the, the strength of the draw, especially at that time. And uh, if, you, if you do a Henson Trust, H-E-N-S-O-N, Google search, and click on my, uh, my ad at the top, <clears throat> what you'll find is that, uh, that I have all of the analytics on these things. And uh, primarily because I did all of these seminars all those years, people know the term and they search the term. And then if you check the inc incidence of searching uh, Henson Trust or related misspellings, 
uh, in other provinces, you'll find that there's very, very few, like um, perhaps 35 in Quebec and, you know, 16 in Alberta and 12 in BC, uh, compared to thousands and thousands in Ontario. And uh, I think, as far as I know, it's, uh, it's because of all those seminars I did, you know, to creating this sort of brand name, in a sense. Because the term is well known in, uh, in Ontario. Um, I did uh, seminars for financial advisors, Canadian advisors, in uh, Las Vegas uh, a couple of years in a row. It's one of these things where you go to a continuing education program, but it just happens to be in Las Vegas. And um, there were uh, about 250 advisors. And th this is the way things work. There are 250 advisors. Well, we know that one family in 10 is the parent household of a child with special needs. And of course, there's also the sibling households and there's the, the household of the wife's sister, you know, these things. But, uh, you know, roughly, conservatively, one family in 10. So what I did was I had a breakout session with these advisors and, of course, 25 that had some special affinity for this issue came to this breakout session, one in 10. And that's, that's who they were. They, they were the, the households that either had or were close to had an affinity for someone with special needs. And so I asked the ones that were in Ontario, uh, as, and then again the, uh, the ones who were from all the other provinces, you know, if, if they thought that they or their clients knew the term hens and dressed. And of course the ones in Ontario did, and the ones that weren't didn't. So it's, it's still an educational process, um, but uh, for the most part we've you know, focused mostly on Ontario. Uh, we have clients all over the country and in England and the States and uh, the Isle of Man and uh, well, I'm, gonna, <laughs> I'm going to uh, Barbados on Monday with all of my staff and we're working in collaboration with uh, the, the, uh, uh, the Barbados Local Bar Association and the uh, Society of Trust and Estate Practitioners chapter, which is quite large actually. And um, Barbados has a population of just almost 300,000 uh, people. And uh, we're going to have the first Barbados Canada Comparative Law Estate Planning and Disabilities Conference. And uh, we'll just see what we can do to get, uh, get the word out in Barbados. And it also just happens to be 28 during the day and 24 at night, so uh, so the work won't be quite as onerous as it might otherwise be. Um, so for any of you of my clients who happen to hear this this show, which is on the 27th of of uh, January, um, we're not in the office, so you can call, but uh, we won't be back until tomorrow. This is of course re recorded in advance, obviously. Um, it's a, a very gratifying practice. Uh, we're constantly learning. Uh, we're, we're doing a lot of uh, legal guardianship work right now, uh, partly because um, parents are passing on, and uh, legal guardianship is needed to properly care for the adult children that they leave behind. Um, parents often get cooperation when they're alive because they've dealt with doctors and hospitals and you know, community living and so on for decades. But when they're gone, uh, we find that the uh, the fact that the child is not competent uh, comes to the fore, and uh, whoever it is that's now taking care of their them uh, doesn't get the same cooperation, they don't get the same information, there's more privacy issues. 
So uh, we're finding we're doing a lot more legal guardianship applications. And also it's to handle um, the uh, registered disability savings plan. Um, if a person is uh, under 49 and approved for the disability tax credit, they can set up an RDSP. And if they contribute, or the parent contributes $1,500 a year, uh, the federal government contributes 4500 So uh, if you know of anybody whose child is approved for the disability credit or appears to you to be markedly restricted, um, that, that would be one of our first, our first uh, checkups on our assessment. We have a, a two-page simple um, family assessment form that is our intake. And, all, of course, all of the uh, initial assessment, the initial evaluation from that form is, is without charge. Uh, people still for have a, an aversion to, uh, the, they think they might get a big surprise with the legal bill, you know. But uh, all of our initial assessments are without charge. And uh, any, any, any kind of uh, substantive work that needs to be done, of course, you discuss the fees. And until the, the client has signed a retainer agreement, there's no fees. So we, we try to make things as, uh, as uh, non-aversive as possible. Um, I'd be happy to uh, answer questions, as I say, that people send in in the next show in February. Um, the, uh, the main parts of the work with respect to Henson Trusts. Uh, what most families need is reciprocal wills, all to my spouse. But if he predeceases me, and of course it's always the guy that goes first, right? If he predeceases me, uh, then all to, uh, all to my wife. And then when the second parent dies, the most common scenario is that uh, there's an estate to be divided. Sometimes there's only one child, of course, and that, that's the child with special needs. So the, the total estate would, would go to the Henson Trust for them. Um, but otherwise, you know, there's generally two or perhaps three children these days. And um, the, the estate will be settled. There may be probate required, perhaps. And then uh, the uh, share for that one special child is transferred to the trustee of the Henson Trust, which is generally often the uh, sibling or siblings of the child. And uh, those trustees have what is called an absolute and unfettered discretion. So, of course, you have to pick the right trustees because they have such complete discretion. It's essential that they have this discretion. But they could, of course refuse to disperse money for the beneficiary. They could. Which is one of the reasons that the child continues to keep their ODSP benefits is because they, there is this trust for their benefit. But the trustees can't be compelled to support them. And then there's a couple of other asset aspects too. There's a, what's called a non-vesting provision. There's a rebuttal of the even-handed rule. Uh, we build in provisions to uh, allow the trustees to replace themselves because often the, uh, the starting trustee is uh, an aunt or uncle. And uh, you know, if there happen to be cousins who might, siblings or cousins who might be the uh, alternate trustees, that's fine. But you have to have a provision just in case so that the, uh, the last surviving trustee can replace themselves. And this is all drawn up in the will. Nothing happens until... Someone dies, and the trust rolls on, rolls forward for a few decades often. And then when the beneficiary, the child with special needs, dies, 
Uh, then there's a trust distribution clause in the will, in the trust provisions, which directs where what's left goes. And this would normally, of course, go to the siblings, who might well be the trustees. And since they have this absolute discretion, you want to make sure that they don't have such an abundance of caution, as, uh, shall we say, uh, that they, in fact, don't disperse money for their brother. And we have this discussion with the parents all each time, of course, because it's a potential conflict of interest. And, uh, you know, they, they look at each other and they say, oh, well, I'm sure Mary will, Mary will take care of John. You know, I'm, I'm sure of that. Or they look at each other and they sort of nod their hands, heads and say, oh, well, maybe Lucy, the cousin, maybe, maybe we should have uh, Mary and Lucy uh, jointly and severally as trustees, you know, just in case. Um, and in lots of these situations, on a daily basis, estates are getting bigger. You know, the trusts that we see are often a third of the estate, and they're often one, two, three, four hundred thousand dollars. Uh, but we regularly see situations where there's just the one child. Uh, I spoke with uh, um, a lawyer referring to us today about a mom who died in February of last year. And there's just the one child, a girl, who's 35. And there's an estate um, of 1.2 million. And uh, the child will also have her own RDSP, which uh, will be approximately 300,000, I estimate, by the time she's 60. So, plus, she'll continue to receive ODSP. So, that she'll be well provided for. And uh, the question is well, where does the residue of that go? Uh, there are some cousins. And, of course, it is provided for in the will. I won't go into that. But what about the RDSP for the girl? She's not competent. They'll be, they'll be seeking legal guardianship for her now that mom's gone. When she dies, she'll have an RDSP, which is her property, of about 300000 And she, you know, she may receive disbursements from it when she commences age 60, but she doesn't need the money. And one day she'll die intestate, and by succession law, her cousins, whoever, wherever they may be, will receive that money. This has never happened before. People who are not competent and, you know, die at age uh, 75 or 80, as you know, normal ages, are, don't have $300,000. It's just never happened before. So it's a uh, very interesting work. Um, I think you know, we're coming to a conclusion. We can't be much longer on this, but... Um, uh, if there are questions arising from anyone by anyone uh, listening to this, I'd be happy to answer as best I can. Uh, you can go to, uh, to uh, www.kpopelaw.ca or you can send an email to karen at kpopelaw.ca and uh, either address the question directly to Karen and she'll bring it to me uh, or you can just ask from the website. There's a, a contact link, obviously. And there's a, a family evaluation form that uh, allows us to, to know more about your story and to then respond, you know, in a better way with having a bit more information. Uh, that said, I'm lo looking forward to the next show in February. And I hope, uh, honestly, that we find ways not just to uh, allow me to sit here and talk, but to actually help people make things a little better, uh, give them peace of mind. And with that, I like to close the show. Thank you for listening. <laughs>